You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome in to the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani with you after a very good day of baseball for the Braves. They were on Sunday night baseball, and they got the scoring started early with a big-time seven-run first inning and route to an 11-4 win, a split of the series against the Phillies, and a split of the 10-game homestand before heading out on the road where we're going to have ourselves a comeback story to discuss on this edition of the postcast as well. Before we get started on all the good things we have to cover, I want to remind you to subscribe on YouTube to Locked On Sports Atlanta. Click the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. Go ahead, hit that like button. I'm sure you like this 11-4 victory and all the offense the Braves showed. And, of course, Spencer Strider doing his thing. And make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, if we're going down a checklist of a good night for the Braves, I would say early runs, often with the runs, and a great start from Spencer Strider is a pretty good checklist. Yeah, that'll, that'll work a lot of the time, and especially, you know, like you said, they're used to scoring runs in the first inning, but to put up seven in the first inning, you know, that definitely will increase their lead for the most first inning runs in all of baseball this year. Yeah, it will. And when you're able to set a tone like that, it makes, a, I think, a big difference for how your starter is able to settle in for his day's work. And it looked like Spencer Strider settled in quite nicely against the Philadelphia Phillies on Sunday night at Truist Park. Let's jump inside the line score and the box score of game number 53 of the year. Phillies take the loss, drop to 25 and 28, four runs, six hits, three errors for Philadelphia, four men left on base. Braves improved to 32 and 21. That is once again the best record in the NL. 11 runs on a season high, 20 hits, errorless ball, 10 left on base. Spencer Strider picked up the win with six strong innings. He's five and two. Dylan Covey with a spot start for Philadelphia. Well, he was a recipient of that little seven run barrage in the first inning the Braves put up there. He drops to 0 and 1 on the year. No save in a game that lasted two hours and 52 minutes, and appropriately, yet another sellout. The eighth of the 10 games on this homestand, 43,109 on hand to see it, or at least paid for the opportunity to see this game in person at Truist Park. And uh, Jake, I think this is a pretty good game to have seen because not only did the Braves jump on the board early, it was 3-0 after three hitters, thanks to -to back-to-back home runs from Matt Olson and Austin Riley. And Spencer Strider was the beneficiary of this early run support and I thought he looked quite comfortable. Really, only one mistake in this game. And, and, you know, just kind of back to looking like the Spencer Strider we expect to see. Yeah, and it's great, too. You never really know how a pitcher is going to respond when a team puts up a big number like the Braves did in that first inning. But it seemed like, you know, he really just went after an attack mode and got through six strong innings in Spencer Strider fashion to give up the two-run homer to Brandon March. And Michael Harris may have saved him from giving up another one there as well. Michael Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, saved him from giving up another one there. So, uh, yeah, it was Spencer Strider, you know, doing his thing like we are used to seeing him do. You know, we talked about seven runs in the first inning, and you're an opposing lineup, which is as good as the Phillies are, but you know you got to go up against Spencer Strider. That's got to be somewhat uh, demoralizing for the opposing team, knowing they're already down seven spots. And there are seven runs, and they're facing one of the best starters in all of baseball and Spencer Strider. But credit to him, like I said, just going to work, nine punch outs on the night, getting through six innings, you know, doing exactly what you want him to do with a big lead like that. Yeah, he did exactly what the Braves needed in this game. And of course, for Spencer Strider, just continuing to pile up strikeouts. And I would imagine, you know, not to hearken back to darker times for Strider against the Phillies, but it had to feel kind of nice to go out there and take care of business. They weren't facing a Spencer Strider that hadn't started in three weeks and was kind of dealing with an injury. It was six innings of two-hit ball, the two runs, both courtesy of the Brandon Marsh homer, one walk, 
and nine strikeouts for him. 102 pitches on the night, 67 strikes. And he also became in this game, Jake, because strikeout history is just a thing Spencer Strider seems to be uh, want to do. Uh, fastest starting pitcher in a single season to 100 strikeouts since 1893, just ahead of Jacob deGrom's pace in 2021. But it only took Spencer 61 innings this year to reach 100 strikeouts. Um, I kind of run out of nice things to say or, or compliments, if you will, for what Spencer Strider does when it comes to strikeouts. But I'm probably going to need to get more creative because I don't think he's going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, no, it doesn't look that way. And it seemed like he got stronger as the game went on as well and continued to to rack up those punch outs. You know, quickest to 200 in a season last year as well. Makes sense that he would go ahead and become the fastest to 100 as well. It's because he's just that type of pitcher and that overly dominant. I mean, 13 swings and misses on a four-seam fastball, 35% whiff rate, but nine swings and misses on 14 swings against his slider, a 64% whiff rate. Didn't even really have to throw the changeup as much. Last time he actually threw it double digits. This time threw it just seven times, still didn't get put in play. They swung against it twice, whiffed once, and had a called strike on it. So again, using it effectively when he needs to, but really, again, as we've talked about since he's come up, still just able to dominate pretty much with those two pitches against the lineup that's familiar with him. As you said, Mm -hmm. just saw him in the postseason and kind of got to him. There were some circumstances around that that I think maybe are why it helped them get to him in that game. But overall, I mean, Spencer Strider just continuing to rack up the the strikeouts, doing it with the fastball Mm -hmm. slider combination. Yeah, and not pumping 94 miles an hour right down the middle and daring the Phillies to hit it. He had his full accompaniment of pitches working. Uh, up into the high 90s on this night. 106 strikeouts now on the season. That's the major league lead. It belongs to Spencer Strider. He's 16 ahead of Shohei Otani, 17 ahead of former Brave Kevin Gosman. And it's still every time I look at Gosman and what he's done since he left Atlanta, uh, good for him, but that was not what we were seeing when he was here. But that's another story for another time. Uh, Mitch Keller and Pablo Lopez round out the top five in strikeouts for all of Major League Baseball. But Spencer with a 16 punch out lead on the field right now. And Otani, of course, has uh, done some pretty good things on the mound in addition to what he does at the plate. So it just lets you know the company Spencer Strider is keeping or staying ahead of is pretty impressive. Now, also impressive in this game was the Atlanta offense. So clearly we're going to need to talk about it because a seven-run first inning, well, that is in and of itself a story. But I need to let you know that this episode of the postcast is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful in Game Time. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, Uh, comedy and theater near you with deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing out about your tickets and start thinking about all the fun you're going to have at your event. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase terms to apply. Download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Uh, So as we look at the Braves offense in this, I, I think that when you score seven runs in the first inning and have Spencer Strider on the mound, you're feeling pretty good about your chances of winning this one. And I, I don't want to call it a must win, but losing three out of four and ending this long homestand on a down note, clearly the Braves didn't want that. So they came out swinging today. Uh, Ronald Lacuna Jr. leads off the game with a base knock. Then he got Matt Olson with the first of his two long home runs on the night. He finished three for five in this game. And as if it wasn't enough for just one long home run in the first inning, Austin Riley followed him up, went back to back. That's really what you want, that trifecta, Jake. And people ask a lot about why the Braves haven't moved Matt Olson out of the second spot or, well, why is Austin Riley hitting third instead of fourth? And, you know, these are legitimate questions when guys are slumping, but they are going to get right. I talked to Matt Olson on this very homestand, and he said, look, I'm kind of aware there's some peaks and valleys, but I also know 
that things could turn around on any given night. I would say this was a given night for Matt Olson. Yeah, five hard-hit balls. I'd say that's pretty much a given night for him. I mean, he was just crushing everything that was in the zone that he swung at tonight. So great to see him get going. Those top four in the order, 12 hits, nine runs batted in. I mean, those are your big dogs at the top of the order, and they absolutely got it done on a night, as you said, where they needed to. I mean, you get the split of a four-game series when you already have a pretty good lead over this team in the division. You know, you can live with that, but – to lose three or four at home to them, as you said, finish that homestand on a bad note. You know, that would have real, real sour taste in their mouth. Now they got to fly all the way across uh, the, the United States. So that would have been a tough one, but they don't. They come out swinging, put up a seven spot, and pretty much put this one away early. But good to see the top of that order really swinging the bat well. Austin Riley's OPS back over 800 now, you know, Matt Olson's has been there. I know some people don't think that, but he's almost at a 900 OPS. I mean, Acuna's still around 1,000. Sean Murphy's up there at 970. I mean, those are your four guys at the top of the order. And maybe you don't expect them to do this every night, but you should expect, you know, on most nights, so at least two or three of those guys to really be going to help carry the offense. You're telling me that 12 for 20 from the top four guys <laughs> in the lineup is not a thing we can do every night? Maybe this with is, these guys. Maybe with these guys. This is, this is a shocking revelation here, but nine <laughs> runs knocked in in total. Three belonged to Ronald Lacuna Jr., four to Matt Olson, who was three for five. Ronald was four for five. Then he had a two for five night with two RBI, including the homer for Austin Riley and uh, Sean Murphy. Just a quiet three for five night out of the cleanup spot. Everybody in the Braves lineup picked up at least one hit as far as all the starters are concerned. Multi-hit games also belonging to Eddie Rosario, Ozzy Albies, Orlando Arcia. And then you had a one-for-four night with three runs scored and a stolen base from Michael Harris II, who Jake brought up a little bit earlier. One of the best catches that you will see robbing a home run to straightaway center field. Harris is, is so capable of helping this team in so many ways. I know we've been hyper-focused on what is he doing offensively, when's he going to get on track. Jake, I felt really good about the last four or five days, what we've seen out of Michael Harris at the plate, and I always love seeing what he can do with the glove and with his speed to track down a home run the way that he did on Sunday. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't remember when the Braves called him up is because they needed help in center field defense, and they thought, well, bring him up. He'll play exceptional defense. We'll bat him ninth. If he gives us any type of offense, great. And that's you know what, what they were bringing him up for, to kind of settle down that outfield defense where Duvall was doing the best – he could, but it was really kind of hurting them in other areas. And you can see just the value that he brings. Now, you do need him to hit a little bit more than what sure. he's been doing, and I think it's coming, as you mentioned. The last three or four games, really, you're starting to see him barrel up some balls the other way. And as we've talked about, it's really just finding that sweet spot. He's really just off a little bit. He is pulling it a little too much, especially compared to where it was last year. But pretty much everything else is right in line with the analytics that we saw from him last season. It's really just not being able to get those line drives and barrel up the baseball frequently enough. So once he gets that going, we'll see the offense take off. But that defense, I mean, it's never gone away. And he's you know one of the best, I think, in center field. He is definitely. And I think a gold glove candidate year in and year out is what we can expect as far as defensive accolades that could be up for grabs for Michael Harris any given season for him. Uh, talking a little more, more about Ron Lacuna Jr., I know I mentioned briefly, four for five on the night, ho-hum. Four hits by the fifth inning, Jake. A triple, a couple of runs scored, three runs knocked in. About the only downside, I guess, is that he wasn't able to get another crack at his first five-hit game as a professional, and he was caught stealing once, but we're really picking nits at this point. Ron Lacuna, if you were a little bit concerned, I guess, about some of the the quiet uh, nature of maybe the last four or five games for him, well, I'd say a four for five night's a good way to break out of that. Yeah, it is. And look, you know, uh, an over four is a slump for 
Acuna, you know, he doesn't get a hit in the game. I mean, that's just the level he's playing at right now. But a great game from him, and you're right. I mean, one of the reasons to keep watching that, other than just being a Braves fan, is you wanted to see Acuna come back up. He almost got it. Uh, that lasted bat was left on deck there uh, in the bottom of the eighth. But, I mean, just incredible. Again, we've used all the adages we can on Acuna this year, what he's doing, and just continues to hit the ball hard. Three hard-hit balls tonight. He had that triple uh, down the line to drive in Michael Harris, who I think you already mentioned scored three runs tonight, yeah. by the way, uh, Michael Harris. So, um, I mean, Acuna, he's just he's right up there, the NL MVP, as you said, maybe a little bit slow over the last three, four games now, at least by his standards. So good to see him, I guess, break out of his little slump that he was in with a four hit game. Yeah, I'd say so. And, you know, that guy that tweeted me saying, I don't think Ron Lacuna Jr. hit a home run in weeks. What gives? And, well, he just hit four straight or home runs in four straight games about a week and a half ago. So it hadn't been weeks. But, yeah, you know, you want to see more home runs. But with whatever he's doing and whatever the highs and lows are for kind of the power output, Ronald has been so incredibly consistent that when you do see an 0 for 4 here or there or an 0 for 5 like a few days ago, you kind of just have to chalk it up to even he is going to have an 0 for every once in a while, but there have not been very many of those no. this season. Home runs in this game. I mentioned Matt Olson, a multi-homer game. Two of those, 16 now on the year. And for Austin Riley, he is now in double digits and has an 11-game hitting streak. So some of the things that you wanted to see for the Braves on this homestand, Riley figuring some things out, Harris figuring some things out. I think even Olson to an extent, just starting to get some hits with some guys on base. A four RBI night goes a long way towards that. A lot of good things for the Atlanta offense in this game. As we look big picture at where the Braves are, game number 54 is coming our way on Monday. That will be the official one-third marker for the season, and it's going to be, I think, a memorable game one way or another. We're going to preview that in a moment, but uh, Braves 32-21, and 21, best record in the National League, percentage points ahead of the Dodgers, who lost a crazy game to the Tampa Bay Rays on Sunday. Four and a half games, Atlanta's lead in the NL East over the Marlins. That's the biggest divisional lead in all of baseball. So I know sometimes as the Braves lose a few games, it feels like the sky may be falling, but this is a team that when you do pull back and kind of look at everything else that's going on in baseball is right where it wants to be. And I don't know if I need to be the one to say flashback to a year ago this time when, as Jake mentioned, Michael Harris is being called up. Spencer Strider was being put into the Braves rotation as well. Well, they were 10 and a half games out of first place and trying to get things on track for their season below 500. This is a much better place to be when you've got guys feeling like their best baseball is out in front of them. Uh, let's take a look at game number 54. It's going to come our way on Monday at the historic Oakland Coliseum, which may not be hosting baseball games for all too much longer, but there's going to be a baseball game a whole lot of Braves fans have been looking forward to. Opener of this three-game set against the Oakland Athletics. I'm, I'm excited to read this. Probable pitchers, Michael Soroka for the Atlanta Braves. Paul uh, Blackburn, who's an all-star as well for the A's. That's going to be a couple of returns, but Soroka's the one we've been looking forward to, Jake. I've talked about this for so long. I've known Mike for a very, very long time, or Michael, if you prefer. The 2019 all-star, 2020 opening day starter, twice torn Achilles, a handful of other injuries that have kept him off the field, but after 1,029 days of waiting, Michael Soroka back in the big leagues to start against the Oakland A's on Monday. Yeah, this is going to be a special game. I mean, you kind of throw the outcome out, out of the window with this one. Obviously, the Braves want to win, but, I mean, this is just going to be, you know, the culmination of a lot of hard work. You know, a lot of sweat, blood, and tears have gone into this comeback for Michael Soroka and just can't wait to see it and see him back out on that mil that field at a on the major league level doing what he loves to do, what he's worked so hard to come back and do. I mean, there's some people that doubted if he'd ever, ever be able to do this again. So just the fact that he is – 
on a big league mound. I mean, it's very special. It's going to be a great moment. Wish he could do it in front of the home crowd, but, you know, understand uh, the reasoning behind, you know, why they need to do it now because where the Braves rotation is and just where everything has lined up. But either way, it's going to be special. And hopefully he does get to pitch in front of this home crowd here pretty soon as well. So they can welcome him back and look, there'll be a lot of empty seats out there in Oakland. If Braves fans want to go ahead and fly out and fill it up Mm -hmm. to, uh, to bring him back in. So I just can't be more excited for this guy. I mean, everything you hear about him, just a work ethic, the, the type of, guy that he is you know you can't be happier for somebody to come back from what he's had to go through to get to this moment yeah it it is the culmination of so much hard work and i know from just meeting with michael last year when he got those minor league starts i heard somebody ask him you know uh you know mentally as you go through this minor league rehab assignment are are you learning a few things that you know will, will be kind of the toughness that you need to continue on and he said look if i wasn't mentally tough I wouldn't have made it this far. I would have tapped out a long time ago. And he kind of echoed that in spring training. But, you know, this has been something he has had on his mind. He has believed that the price that he has paid is going to be worth it many times over to get himself back to, you know, just to picking back up a career that at the age of 25, I mean, there's a lot of road left to travel for Michael Soroka, but it all starts with this one against Oakland. If things go well, I would imagine he gets another start on the road trip against Arizona over that weekend. And that, I believe, based on some off days, will put him in line to make his Braves debut at home, or his Truist Park debut, I should say, on Saturday against the Washington Nationals in June. But I don't want to get too far ahead of myself mm-hmm. with all of those things. The first one is the most important one. It's yeah. the one everybody's been waiting on. It's right-hander Michael Soroka on the mound for the Braves. Again, feels really good to say that. On Monday against the Oakland Athletics, first of a three-game series, uh, fellow All-Star, 2022 All-Star, that is, uh, Paul Blackburn, 7-6 and six last year, hasn't pitched this year. 428 ERA for the A's a season ago. He'll make his season debut after a couple of little injuries have kept him off the field as well. 8.07 p.m. Eastern time, the first pitch at the Oakland Coliseum as Michael Soroka makes his return to the Atlanta Braves. That'll wrap us up here on the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. We appreciate you joining us as always. Braves with a big-time win over the Philadelphia Phillies tonight. That had to feel good. 11-4, the final score. If you like home run, if you like strikeouts, Go ahead, hit the like button as well, and make sure you subscribe here on YouTube to Locked On Sports Atlanta and Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you after the Michael Soroka return game on Monday in Oakland. Hope you have a great long weekend, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Braves Postcast. Until then, so long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 